This is Pioneering Today with Upper Skagit's own Melissa K. Norris. Inspiring your faith and your pioneer roots here in the beautiful North Cascade Mountains on KSVU 90.1 Community Radio. Hey guys, this is Melissa K. Norris with Pioneering Today. And on today's episode, we're going to be talking about um, things you need to do to get organized and survive the upcoming holiday season without stress and going crazy. (laughs) So the holidays, uh, you've probably heard me mention this numerous times and will hear me mention it again. I really enjoy the holiday season. There's so much about it, the, you know, the, the drawing together of family with friends Um, remembering the reason for the season in our home, which is celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ, Um, you know, just and getting to um, celebrate um, with people and give gifts and kind of and then of course, with Thanksgiving, getting to show our thanks. Um, There's there's so much to be thankful for. I know a lot of times when the, the news comes on TV, or you'll, you know, see headlines for articles either online or in the newspaper and stuff so much of what the media wants to focus on is all of the bad things and the sensational things to worry about and all that kind of a thing which is one of the reasons I really don't watch the news anymore Um, all it did was cause me stress and angst and I couldn't really change what they were reporting on Um, and I've just found that I am a happier person and I have um, less anxiety when I don't watch uh, mainstream news and, and television and that kind of a thing. So despite what the media would like us to believe, we really have so much to be thankful for. I think that in any situation, um, if you look, that you can find something to be thankful for and in, in some way to have joy. You know, um, circumstances are what make people happy. But joy comes from, from deep within and I believe from a strong relationship with um, Jesus and your faith. And so joy is something that you have with you no matter what the circumstances are, whereas happiness can be fleeting and, and dependent upon outside things. So for Thanksgiving, um, I really love that it's a time to just focus on what we do have to be thankful for because when we switch our focus onto the things that we have to be thankful for instead of on the things that um, maybe not be what we think is ideal or a great circumstance. It really affects us and those around us when we focus on the the positive parts. So I love that we have a holiday that really embraces that um, on thankfulness and that we get to, you know, celebrate a meal and be thankful. And I also, I I think it's sad that Thanksgiving is kind of being overswept, (laughs) you know, by um, Christmas. Thanksgiving doesn't really have a spot, doesn't seem on the shelf anymore when you go into the stores, except for, you know, to buy the turkey and and the groceries and all that kind of thing. But um, in fact, I saw where, and this may surprise you, but I'm actually an... Black Friday shopping veteran. (laughs) I have been going Black Shopping Friday um, ever since I was 16 years old. And I I still plan on going. Um, We still buy store-bought gifts for our kids um, and any children in our family who are still in school and under 18. Um, Everyone else, we pretty much do homemade gifts for. But uh, I enjoy going on Black Friday shopping. I have a... um, I have a very set plan. I go through the ads the night before and pick out the gifts specifically for the people that we're still buying for. Um, and so I don't just buy anything because it's on a crazy sale or, you know, get crazy like that. But I, I do enjoy Black Friday 
shopping, but I did see, um, I think this started last year where there's a, quite a few of the big stores who are going to be opening and starting their Black Friday sales on Thanksgiving Day. And I believe this year they're making it earlier than they did last year. And it's going to be starting at 6 p.m. on Thanksgiving. And that I just really think is a horrible thing. Um, I don't think that, that families should be forced to go into work for consumerism and greed to just start the for the stores to start their buying frenzy a day early. Um, you know, in five years, are they just going to bypass Thanksgiving altogether and just start the Black Friday sale on Thanksgiving at, you know, 5 a.m.? Anyways, um, so on Thanksgiving, we do not participate in any of the holiday shopping crazy mania. Um, we just uh, have have it at home with family, um, you know, cook the traditional Thanksgiving meal, um, and just celebrate being together and what we have to be thankful for. So as we gear up to cook, um, it seems that the holidays, at least at our house, in- involve a lot of baking and cooking or more than normal because most of our food and most of our meals we do prepare at home um, from scratch. But during the holidays, we do do some extra baking. And so in order to have the time, because the holidays do, there's usually more gatherings and get togethers and, and kind of more obligations all the way around. Um, so in order to be able to still cook most of the things from scratch, there's some things that I do that I'm going to share with you, uh, to help kind of keep you sane (laughs) during this holiday season and allow you to have the time to still be able to do the baking and serve the, the, um, food from made at home from scratch. And so one of the the things actually that I do first is, this might seem kind of funny, but as I go through my pantry and as we approach the holidays with most of us usually still getting, you know, gifts and new items and that it's great to take this time to kind of go through your whole house. I try to dedicate a couple of rooms a weekend or a couple of areas a weekend. Don't try to do your whole household in one weekend. It's not possible and you will make yourself crazy. So this past weekend, um, I have two children. We went through both their rooms and, you know, pulled out any clothes that didn't fit them any longer uh, to donate, um, went through toys that they had outgrown, were broken, didn't use, that kind of a thing, and had some piles. You know, there was keep, there's donate, and then there's broken slash garbage needs to be thrown away. And, you know, both the kids help and, and go through this process. So we went through that, and it also showed showed me, and because the kids were helping me go through their room, it showed them as well, Um you know, the things that they had gotten that they didn't really use that they just had to have, you know, was on their Christmas list. And so it enabled us to talk about this year, you know, when you make your Christmas list, I told them to really think about things that you're really going to use that are going to be beneficial to you and that you really want. And this is kind of hard for my four-year-old, <laughs> um, but my eight-year-old is, is starting to begin to understand that. So you know, I tell them, you know, really think about it because we don't want to just have a lot of things. You know, it's better to have, you know, some quality things than just this huge quantity. So that was kind of fun to open up the door to that and then also talk about giving to others who are less fortunate and, and that kind of a thing. So I would recommend doing that. And then I will be doing that this coming weekend um, in my own uh, closet and my husband's um, clothing as well. But for the baking wise, as we... Um, we have, we, we butcher our own beef, um, cattle, raise our own beef cattle and then also butcher it. So we have actually two deep freezes. We have a chest freezer that's out in our pump house where all of our beef is frozen. And then because we live so rurally, um, you know, from, we do have a, um, a really great local grocery store, um, that's about 10 miles from where we live actually. 
Um, and then for the the big like big shopping like clothing stores um, and the big you know Costco's that kind of a thing big grocery stores um, I'm about 40 miles one way from the closest one so it takes me about an hour to get to the closest one so we also have in the house we have a big upright freezer as well and that's kind of has you know chicken and where I put our frozen uh, vegetables and produce and stuff from the garden the things that I don't can or dehydrate that I freeze um, go in there so anyways, it had been, became just, you open the door and there was so much ice everywhere that you were, I really couldn't see what I had anymore. And it was becoming to the point that we had to defrost it. So we cleaned out the freezer and there were some things that needed to be tossed that had gotten lost and shoved in the back. Um, and I hate to throw away food, but there was a few, few items that needed to be tossed that just were kind of beyond the point of use being usable. And then we defrosted the freezer. So it really showed me what I have to work with and then where the holes are that I needed to fill in on my next shopping trip. So getting organized that way um, is really good to know what you have on hand, especially so when you do have the time to make all of your holiday baking items and there's a lot that you can prep beforehand that you have the ingredients so then you don't have to waste the time running to the store. And it's also a good idea. way to to know what you have on hand for as far as a preparedness standpoint you know power outages big winter storms rolling through that kind of a thing it's good to have a food supply on hand and so this will kind of show you you know where oh I don't have any of this I need to get that type of a deal and then the other area um, not just your deep freezer but then your pantry as well so for us that includes you know do I have all the different kind of wheat berries I use I grind my own flour um, you know your your sugars um, any of, you know, that kind of, those kind of items. And then especially in the spice cabinet, um, you know, we, I, uh, have my own vanilla seeping. I'm excited. I have about one more week and then that'll be ready for me to drain and have my uh, vanilla stock back up. But in your spice cabinet, spices do have a shelf life. So once they've been open and exposed to air, usually about a year, um, is about the longest shelf life um, for your spices. And so it's really good to go through them too, because a lot of times, you know, the um, ginger, nutmeg, cinnamon, cloves, allspice, you know, that kind of stuff. We don't necessarily year, use all year long or as often as some of your other spices. Cinnamon I use all the time and I actually don't like cloves. So I use a lot of ginger and nutmeg in place of cloves. Um, it's just a personal taste preference. I just don't like cloves that well. <laughs> so anyways, it's really good to go through your spices and know what you have on hand because um, with your Christmas baking, sometimes you use some items that you only use once a year and you might have forgot that you were out of, you don't have enough. And then you go to bake and make the the product and then you realize that you're out and you have to run to the store. And it just kind of throws a whole little monkey wrench, so to speak, in the process. Um, and one of the things I don't usually use all year round, but I especially use in holiday baking is molasses. And I'm back to when I was going through my pantry and my spices, I realized, oh no, I'm, I'm out of molasses. So molasses and honey are on my list that I need to get next time I go to town. And for spices, um, I recently have started buying my spices more in bulk. Um, once you start making more and more of your food at home um, from the un- from unprocessed uh, compared to store-bought products, you start to use a lot more of your baked items that you use in baked goods. So I started buying um, my spices in bulk and I do grow some herbs at home uh, for more of my savory dishes and and that kind of a thing or to make my uh, mint extract and different things like that. But as far as the spices, um, where we live, spices aren't really something that, that will grow here. And so I really believe, um, the more I've learned about, um, pesticides, 
and their use and what they do to our bodies and um, damaging wise, I try to do everything that I can organically and to purchase that organically and especially with um, for GMO free. Um, so I have talked about uh, GMOs, if you're unfamiliar with uh, genetically modified organisms in regards to food, um, why I believe that they're bad and how to stay away from them. I have those in some past um, episodes. So if you've missed those or you want to catch up on any of the episodes, you can go to melissaknorris.com and there's a podcast button on the homepage of the website. And if you just hit that on podcast, all of the previous episodes are listed and you can click on those and listen to them at your leisure. And then there's also a place for resources on each episode, things that I mentioned, links to them or articles that will dive deeper into it. So those are all available for you on uh, melissaknorris.com. So I found an awesome company. It's out of Oregon and they use all organic, all GMO free. And it's a a um, family run farm and it's called Mountain Rose Herbs. And so I've started ordering from them in bulk. I got, um, I was able to find, I was so excited about this. <laughs> it doesn't, I don't use it actually much in the holiday baking per se and it bakes good items, but I've been using it on our, our meats and other things like that. And they have alder smoked sea salt. So, and then they also have smoked paprika, which I was having a hard time finding. So these were some, some fun items I got from them. I got uh, tea blends. They have some great tea blends. And then I've been buying uh, my spices in bulk from them. So I've been getting uh, cinnamon, onion powder, garlic powder, cumin. Um, oh, goodness, I have a whole thing at home of, of all their stuff. But what I noticed was when um, I was getting their products, is it, it's really fresh and it's a really high quality. And so I actually tend to use less than what I was using before. Um, and when, when you're buying in the bulk, they have different sizes of bulk Um it's cheaper. And so it's also great because, a, you know, you could buy a little tiny bottle of some of the spices in the store. And my goodness, they're almost nine or 10 bucks for a small bottle. And I can get a big, fairly good sized bag for the same price or less. Um, and it's really high quality. So I have a, my stock is better um, at home as well. So I don't have to run to the store as often. So to keep yourself sane through the holiday season is go through, go through, look at your recipes that, that you typically bake that you know, you're going to be making in Go through your pantry and your supplies and make sure that you have those on hand before you start. So that's my number one tip is to get organized in the kitchen and know your stock. And then the other thing is to make up some of the items ahead of time. A lot of things you can make up beforehand um, to save you time when you actually need to get to baking. So there's a few different items that I do with this with, but my number one that I do this with is my pie crust. Um, so I will make up, I have a recipe, it's actually my grandma's um, flaky pasty crust, and I use it for pies, I use it for tarts, I use it for quiches, um, anything like that. And I'm so excited because I just, um, and this is on my website too, melissaknorris.com, I just rendered my own lard. I was very excited about that because I've been wanting to do it for quite a while. And so I cannot wait. Uh, today, actually, I'm making her pie crust with lard, yay, instead of butter, Um so I, I just can't wait to see how it turns out because I've heard tell that lard makes the best pie crust bar none. So I'm very excited to do that. But I use her recipe and her recipe is also um, on my website if you want to check that out. And I'll put it with t- the link to it with today's show. But her recipe, it only takes 15 minutes to whip it together and then... And then you chill it. And the recipe makes four crusts. So if you're making a, a traditional like apple pie where you need the bottom crust and the top crust, uh, then it will make two. So I 
I make that up ahead of time. Um, it takes about 15 minutes and then I divide the dough into four parts. So your four crusts and then I wrap it in just a one layer of saran wrap and I toss it in the freezer because pie crust, um, like most of your pastry crust needs to be chilled before you can roll it out or use it and work with it anyways. So instead of putting it in the refrigerator to chill for a while, I just make it up ahead of time. And sometimes I'll even do a double batch. Um, we have a, a pie um, potluck happening at our church this coming Sunday. And then on Thanksgiving, I always make at least an apple pie, two apple pies. And then for my dad, I'm going to be making a peach pie. And then my husband wants a chocolate pie. <laughs> so anyways, I'm going to be making up eight pie crusts and tossing them in the freezer today. So the great thing about that is then whenever you need one, um, if you know you're going to be baking pies the night before, you can just pull one of the crusts out and toss it in the fridge to thaw. Or if you didn't plan quite that far ahead, if you put it on the counter, uh, depending on how warm your kitchen is, it will thaw on the counter within one to two hours. And then it's still nice and chilled, so then you can just roll it out and it rolls really great. And the freezing, it does absolutely nothing um, to it. It tastes the exact same. It just really offers up convenience. So if I know, you know, I come home and I need to pop a quiche for dinner in the oven, or I decide, oh, I need to make a pie, I um, can up all of my apple pie filling and my peach pie filling in the fall, uh, summer for the peach, and then in the fall I can apple pie filling. So I can just grab a jar. Um, again, that, those recipes are, um, if you want to look at the apple pie filling recipe to can, um, you can also freeze apple pie filling. You can do that up ahead of time if you're not into canning um, and putting it in the freezer. And those are mostknrs.com um, on the home sidebar. There's a picture there for a link to those recipes and you can check that out. So when I prep ahead of time, I, you know, just the time that it takes to bake the pie, I'll, you know, I come home, my dough's already done, roll it out, pop it in the pan, just pop open my can apple pie filling, dump it on, put the top on and toss it in the oven. So when it comes to baking, especially for Thanksgiving, I can bake the pies the night before. Um, you know, with like basically like five minutes of actual hands-on time before I put it in the oven if I've made my pie crust and the pie filling beforehand. So that's my um, biggest tip there is to do those pie crusts ahead of time. And then the next thing is we do um, a lot of cookie baking. I like to give cookies out as gifts. And then we also have some cookie exchanges, one with our church and then one within our neighborhood. And a lot of times if you're going to be baking a lot of dozens of cookies, it can be hard to find the time to bake all of that plus make the dough. So again, your freezer is your best friend in this instance. And I've actually found that cookie dough, especially chocolate chip, tastes better once it's been frozen and then baked from home. I don't know what it is, but my husband and I have both noticed a difference and we prefer the taste of the cookies from the dough that I've frozen and then baked. So I pretty much will, uh, anytime I make cookies, I'll bake one sheet fresh and then I'll freeze the rest to bake up later. So just take your regular cookie dough recipe and this works especially well for sugar cookies or any dough, um, any kind of cookie recipe that needs to be chilled beforehand. Um, I have a, a ginger molasses sugar cookie recipe that needs to be chilled beforehand. And so I do that with, with this dough and then of course with the rolled sugar cookie dough as um, I make it beforehand. You know, you can usually find the, you know, 15 minutes it takes to stir up the ingredients. And then I usually um, will roll mine out. I don't really roll it out, excuse me, but I will put it in like a log shape form. Um, 
if it's like a uh, chocolate chip cookie, so then I can just slice them uniformly instead of scooping it from a frozen state. I just let it thaw. Once the dough is frozen, I let it thaw for about maybe 10 minutes on the counter and then I just chop it up still kind of frozen and bake it. You just extend the baking time like a, maybe a minute to at most um, when it's still partially frozen. So for like the rolled sugar cookie dough and the molasses um, sugar cookies, what I do is I do the same thing like I do the pie crust. I just leave it um, in a ball shape and then I freeze it in a ball shape. But one caveat is make sure you label your dough because my sugar cookie dough recipe and my pie crust look very similar in color when they're frozen. And I one year accidentally made for Christmas morning breakfast a sausage and broccoli quiche with sugar cookie dough because I thought it was my pie pastry. This was before I labeled them. And so my younger brother is like, wow, this is this like maple flavored sausage? And I'm like, no, I hadn't taken a bite of it yet. First bite, I'm like, oh, no, no, no. I put maple syrup in my sugar cookie dough. I think it gives it fabulous taste. Um, but I had used the sugar cookie dough as the bottom of the quiche. So learn from my mistake and label your doughs before freezing. It, it can be very important. Um, so it was edible, that quiche, but not not something I would repeat and keep as my regular recipe. <laughs> so um, if you do up your dough like that, then, you know, it's hard to find the whole time to bake, but you can usually find 15 minutes to make the dough and put it in the freezer and then when you need to bake the cookies, it just shortens all of that time up. All you have to do is pop out the pans, you know, bring out the dough, let it thaw a little bit, and you're ready to go and just start baking. And then that way you can also just bake as little as you want. So you could just do one dozen if you wanted to. So then you have um, fresh cookies and you could just bake a dozen. You don't have fast it takes you to go through a dozen at, at your home or, or however, you know, you need to do that. So that's why we have um, fresh cookies. Cause if you make up like five dozen, it takes a couple weeks to eat them. They kind of tend to start to taste stale at the end. So that's what I like to do with um, our, our, um, cookies and baked goods is just do it you know enough on hand so so those are my best tips is to get organized in the kitchen know what you have on hand make up your list so that your pantry is well stocked and then make up ahead of time and freeze a lot of your baked good items so that they're ready to go when you need them so I hope that you have a wonderful holiday and that it is stress-free Thank you for listening. This is Melissa K. Norris with Pioneering Today on KSVU 90.1 Community Radio.